Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to the Hall Call Podcast. This is Chad. And this is Tim. Be sure to subscribe to the Hall Call on your favorite podcast directory, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever you'd like. We're on them all. Listen to the Hog Call live at ipatio.com. The only live, real-time, uncut, uncensored, Razorback podcast created by fans for fans. Friend us on Facebook at Hog Call Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Hog Call Podcast. Dad runs the Facebook page and Tim runs the Twitter page. Support the Hog Call Podcast by helping us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating and leave a comment, even if it's just Go Hogs. This will go a long way in allowing other Razorback fans to find the podcast more easily. If you'd like to throw a tip our way, you can support us financially at our Patreon page. Even $1 will go a long way in updating our equipment or providing server space to store our episodes. We're counting on fan support. Do you have something Hall Call Nation needs to hear? Call or leave a voicemail at 812-850-0110 or send an email to hogcallpodcast at gmail.com. What's good to get that mess out of the way? How's it going, Tim? Hey, pretty good. Ready for week five of Arkansas football and college football in general. Absolutely. You know, I just got a start out by saying, you know, thank you to all the fans out there. The uh, the podcast has doubled since we started this thing. Wow. Uh, we got a ton of listeners now, which is just amazing how fast this thing is growing. I can't believe it. Uh, the Facebook page has several likes. I think it said something like a thousand likes or something like that. Wow. <laughs> crazy, crazy. And then we we ran followed, not by quite as many on Facebook, but by several. Now, how's that Twitter looking, Tim? Twitter's looking good. We've grown ex- exponentially, especially since the uh, first week, week two, and uh, up to about 200 followers right now. Rocking and rolling. Uh, hope we've got some new listeners as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely got new listeners. I mean, it's, it's amazing how many listeners we've been getting. So I'm just mm-hmm. super excited. And the feedback that we've been getting has, has been amazing. A lot of people talking about how they really like what we have to say, and they agree with our uh, commentary and the, our outlook and our take on the dream. And a lot of people have said to us, you know, the cool thing is that you really get detailed and you really dig into the game, you really dig into what's going on when it comes to, to Razorback football, and, you know, I just can't have a better um, support than that. I just think that's amazing. So thank you for everybody that's listening. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, everybody. We look forward to getting better and growing you. So what do you think, Tim? Do you think we're just going to go get blown out of this game or, or what? I feel like there's something special in the air. I don't yeah. know what it is. I feel something. I agree with you. I just don't – I mean, you think looking at score, especially for somebody who watched the game 30 for 3, you wouldn't think, like, man, what is it? But if we toss off the thing, um, obviously if two teams is just bad, then we're going to – we'd lose the body. Um, but if they, they continue moving and some of the defense keeps them like they did against off, um well, I, I think we'll beat with A&M. Um, I don't think it's going to be a – I don't think it's a thing they're going to blow us up. Absolutely. And I thought, you know, the thing i got to say is I feel like it's coaching again. And I'll keep harping on it. I'll keep going back to it. I told you I'm going to tell you I see it. Uh, it's a coach. 
coaching situation. I mean, when you don't, when you got 12 men on the field, when you got guys wearing the same number on their jerseys, when you got horrible, horrible special teams. I mean, who's a special team player? Uh, we don't have one. No, we have a quality control special team, yeah, but not a full full time coach. A quality control, guy. and he can't even trust the player on the field during practice because he's a quality control guy. So how do you coordinate special teams in that respect? I mean, maybe he's done it like Brett did, but let's face it, man, didn't have a great uh, didn't have a great special team. Never, he never did. No. No. So like, let's hide, buddy. Let's get somebody staff who can fix it. You know, that's their job. And of course, they're. Getting be a decent patch coach or a decent line coach or a wide receiver. Of course, they're going to coach a second position. Of course, you know, it's going to be their only thing that they're going to do. But it's better to have somebody that's really well-versed in special teams. So, like, you have somebody that can teach the kickers how to kick the ball. Properly. That's a special skill that not all coaches can teach. You really need somebody who has that skill who's been a kicker to come in there and, and run special teams, in my opinion. And, of course, you give them something to do so they're not just handing around whenever all the coaches are coaching. You're not running special teams. You want them to have that other position coach, too. So, so we got to get somebody. We can't continue down the road like what? Yeah, I don't understand. Um, and the last, last good special teams we had was when Mel uh, was a special coordinator for 2009-2011. Um, That's the last good special teams. Ever since then, we've had um, all right funny. Um Hawker senior beat him the first year. He was just he was already a great kicker. And since then it's bad. A lot of returning punters against us. Um we rarely I mean, I don't know the last time punt returner kicked on I can't even name um for a touchdown. And we, we uh we've got two coaches in the secondary, Mark Smith and Ron Cooper. I think one of them be designated um for special teams. Yeah, I don't know if I had any of them in the background, but goodness of what more than I thought of this a long a long time ago. Uh, it was effective uh, 
this is the first season that the NCAA passed the measure to allow teams to have an extra attempt assistant coach. Oh, so everybody kind of assumed it onto the level. Definitely everybody's going to have a special teams coordinator, you know. It's like, hey, that's an extra coach. It's like, yeah, hey, great somebody's going to, like, goodness gracious. Um, but enough of that. Um, no, great uh, point. The transfer, great point. Uh, man, so just makes the special teams thing even worse. It's like, you, know, you got an extra coach, first year of it, and then not, not to even have one. Um, second and fourth players. Uh, the Nance thing, I – I, I'm, we're not going to miss them. Um, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like that uh, guys are taking advantage of that four games and they can transfer without with the red shirting rule. But you're going to see a lot more of it. And good riddance because if he didn't want to be here, that's his. I mean, he he had passes thrown to him. He wasn't getting open. Um, not exactly the best run blocker. So I mean, I don't know what he. Oh what yeah, he, thinks, he, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, he had opportunities in this last game to make something happen, and he sure didn't do it. And, you know, he started every game. I think my thing with it is the reason I don't like it is because football is a team sport, and you should be like a family by the time you get to your senior year. You should be ride or die. You shouldn't be like, oh, you know, things aren't working out for me the way I was hoping they'd work out, so I'm just going to go ahead and take on off and go to another team in my my opinion. I don't think that uh, this new rule is meant to be taking advantage of this way, and I think that, you know, these seniors are, are taking advantage of it, and it's really, you know, to me, it's really troublesome to see. I want I want such a team atmosphere where you don't have guys wanting to take off and so on and so forth, and, you know, if you don't want to be here, like you said, you know, go on, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out, and uh, we'll see you later, but at the same time, you know, I guess it hurts. You know, as a fan, to have a, a player say, you know, I'm just going to – I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm just going to sit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to another team. And it's somebody that was a junior college kid that, you know, needed somebody to take a shot on him. And we took him in. We took a shot on him. We started him every game after that. It's not like he wasn't a starter. Uh, it's not like he wasn't getting reps. It's not like he's – like in a small program, and he's got the opportunity to go to a bigger program because he's been a, a hot shot. It's not like somebody has came in and stole his position, a freshman, and he knows he's not going to start and so on and so forth. It's just like he just washed his hands of it and said, you know what, I'm done. It's just not working out for me. I just, uh, you know, I'm just going to go on and, and do my own thing somewhere else instead of just trying a little harder. I don't know. If I'm an NFL team – I'm looking at guys like that, and I'm thinking they don't have any commitment. I don't, you know, I feel like it's going to be. I feel like it would lower your draft stock. Yeah, you you kind of wonder when when did he first start thinking about it? Because as soon as that fourth game ended, bam, I'm out of here. You know, uh, like how much commitment was he having? Um, I know he hadn't been here since the freshman, so he didn't have you know as much time with these players, and probably didn't feel as much a part of the team. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed in it because. For any time, I mean, this happens, and I'm sure I'll say this a bunch. But as a fan and growing up in Arkansas, man, I'd give, I'd give about anything, man. I don't want to name the body parts. I'd give for the rest of my life just to play for the Razorbacks. You know what I mean? And then somebody doesn't just like, oh, it's nothing. You know, it ain't worth it. And this guy had he's our leading receiver, one of the best long uh, twenty yard uh, plus. Pass catchers uh, in all of college football last year. He hasn't shown enough on tape. Why couldn't it get better? I mean, he got two or three targets even in that game against Auburn. But 
move over. Uh, it's just more more targets for uh, Jordan Jones and Petway and Mike Woods. So and uh, other guys. So he's how disappointed, about, but I'm just gonna. How about how about that Clemson senior? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Kelly Bryant. Bryant. Do you think that there's a chance he would come to Arkansas with, you know, the ties that uh, Chad Morris has with Dabo and all that and Clemson and I mean, I, I don't see why like not. We, yeah, yeah, it seems like we might have more of a chance than other than another team might. It's the same style of offense and everything. So, you know, I don't know. I'd like to see him come in, but that's a different situation. To me, because he sat down with his head coach and talked about it, and the head coach said, "Look, we got a freshman. He's taking your spot. You're just not that good. You know, we think it's best if you take advantage of this rule and go somewhere else next year." And so it was a better it was a, it was a better decision for the Clemson football program, and it's almost like he's doing it because. It was a better decision for the football program. It's almost like he's taking one for the team yeah, by moving exactly. to another school, you know, instead of it being somebody that needed, you know, that you need. And then um, I guess my thing is, though, do we really want a quarterback that can't that can't hack it at, at Clemson and getting a freshman? You know, is he going to be is he going to be the caliber quarterback we need? Is he going to be a Ryan Mallett type if he comes in? The thing about Mallet was he always wanted to be at the University of Arkansas. Nutt didn't go after him, you know. I mean, I worked really closely with Mallet. Me and Mallet are friends, so I know that like Mallet wanted to be here. That's the reason he came. When he saw the opportunity, he jumped on it because this is where he wanted to be. Would that be the, you know, that I don't know. I don't know if Bryant was still the same way. I hope he would. I would. I would take him um, a senior. And he's also another thing. He has his degree. He's in graduate school. I mean, quarterback's a little different than a receiver who can, who's still – it's not like, oh, you're not going to get any more reps. You pretty much, when you say, oh, you're not going to start anymore this year, you're you're done unless you're in a blowout, you know. And that's kind of like, man, I was starting last year for a play. I mean, he was starting last year, threw for about 3,000 yards, rushed for about 700. Um, dual threat guy, which I would – and, and uh, Morse's system, I think we need. Guy that can run a little bit more. I would take him absolutely for one year. Um so, and then let A.J. Jefferson, Nolan, and uh, kind of grow and learn under him. I would take it. Um, and also, good thing, it's like, hey, it's a story. Maybe he'll light a fire under his butt if he hears it and mm-hmm. play really mm-hmm. well the rest of the year. Absolutely. And I, you know, I still think Ty Story might be our guy. I just think he might need more live reps, you know. And, he's uh, looking, he looks better. He's looking a lot better. You know, I think a big takeaway I have of Ty Story's play is, and it's hard to even say this is this is the issue because you see you throw downfield and those downfield throws not be caught. But at the same time, those downfield throws aren't caught because uh, wide receivers aren't using two hands to try to catch the ball. They're trying to one-hand it in the end zone and then dropping a ball. Um, I saw multiple uh, receivers where the ball hits them right in the hands and they don't catch it like, you can't. How do you say quarterback can't throw it downfield when the ball is hitting the receivers in the hand? You know exactly. I, I don't. I think he can. He did underthrow uh, for that one interception right uh-huh. before the half. He underthrew. Um, I think Jones going down the sideline, uh, but uh-huh. he's kind of he's getting under pressure. Uh, defensive line coming after him that time. Yeah, and he had he had drops by Jeremy Patton, 
Yeah. Yeah. Way League. Oh, in the backfield, they dropped in the backfield. My goodness, my dropped one. Woods tried to catch it with one hand. He had about six drops that game. And a lot of them were, I mean, they were over, you know, a few. Besides to the running backs, they were over, you know, 15 yards and above. Uh They got to catch us. Oh, it looked a lot better. I think he's getting better. I do, too. And I don't think, like I said, I think they got to catch him. I think the the wide receivers got to make that quarterback look good sometimes, you know. That's important that the wide receivers do what they got to do to make the catches and, and make the quarterback look good. And I think that sometimes they didn't do that. So, um, you ready to get into the game, or do you have anything let's, else? No, let's get into the game. No, no. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into this thing. Uh, so, I guess, you know, I, I saw your tweet, and I even copied it and pasted it on Facebook. I liked it so much. I thought it was a good takeaway that, you know, that that game told me the season's not over, that we, we have hope and that and that it's something that we have improved and we're an improving football team. And I, I really feel that way. Even after watching the game a second time and really digging into it that second time, I feel like we really do have a lot of hope and a lot of improvement. And, you know, maybe we won't have that the next game. You want that to be – um, you want that to be automatic. You want that to be something that continues on. And, uh, you know, the only way to know that is to, to play the next game. But at the same time, I feel like the improvement has been gradual since the beginning of the football season. And, you know, so I don't know. That's just that's just my take. Do you think we've improved? Yeah, we have. I'm still the most game I'm most mad about. You would think North Texas or Auburn get blown up. Game still I'm most mad about is Colorado State. Um mm-hmm. Some of the things we did, but I think we're definitely getting better. Um, and I think even when I uh, turned on the game to watch it a second time, I was like, well, you know what? I'm probably not going to have that, um, have at least some kind of shimmer of positivity about the game after I watched it a second time. And I did again. Again, besides the special teams. I oh, mean, yeah. We were, special teams were horrific. We were, without that, I mean, it was, it was definitely a game. I mean, we got to score more than three points. Um, but we were driving the ball. We were shooting ourselves in the foot with those penalties. Um, that legal formation and 12 men on the field several times. Uh, yeah. Didn't even have like false starts, you know, anything like anything timing. Like it was just like stupid, stupid things that just they can be corrected, but we've seen them uh, through four games already. Um, Auburn, I mean, we averaged, we rushed for about 150, uh, about 3.9 yards a rush, which is better than LSU and Washington ran against Auburn. Um, we held them to uh, 91 yards, two and a half yards of rush. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our passing game can still improve. Kind of went over that with Story, but they're they're and defense. I mean, how many times did they stop them? They were had one. Auburn had one drive in the what fourth quarter that was mm-hmm. actually a drive and to score their own points without us turning it over, or a punt block or a, a kick return, or punt return. They gave them that inside the red zone, and we stopped them a couple of times. Stopped them for a field goal, and stopped them on a fourth and one. I mean that's. That's tough to keep doing. I mean, we did it quite a bit that game, but it's tough to. to oh, absolutely. Show, gave him some points. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, the passing game wasn't the best. We had 141 yards uh, to Auburn's 134 yards, and uh, it was uh, 32 passes with 13 completions, and they had 22 passes with 15 completions. So, you know, the, the passing game could have been much better, but, man, I put a lot of that on the receivers. Um, honestly, the receivers got to catch those balls. 
if the receivers caught just the, what, six passing plays that we had mm-hmm. talked about earlier, that makes that stat a lot better at, uh, you know, 32 passes and 20 catches. You know? That's like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's about 60%. Probably have about 200 yards passes. Oh, yeah. It changes the entire game if the receivers catch the ball. Um, so, you know, hey, we told you we we're going to point it out to you. Everybody's been telling you, you know, kind of story, you don't know how to throw the long ball, so on and so forth. And we told you we're going to tell you what we see and who we see making the mistakes. And the receivers are the ones that let us down in this game. Yeah, and absolutely. And, um, I know the offensive line has taken a lot of heat, uh, pictures of, uh, Pastore's green jersey, but they really, I mean, that front, I mean, in the as we talked about in the last uh, podcast, about Auburn's whole defensive line uh, are going to the NFL. And honestly, they only got two sacks. I mean, that's give a little bit of credit to the line and story, too, for being able to uh, scramble out, step up in the pocket. Um, I mean, if he, he even if he had a, uh, even a little bit more time, um, it'd even be better. I saw just, you saw, you saw a rhythm. Even, there weren't very many three and out. You saw uh-huh. us getting first downs. I mean, Obviously, we got to score. We know that. We're trying to find some, some things to look at and for this oh, next absolutely. game. Absolutely. You know, total uh, offensive plays, we have 70 plays, 290 yards. We have 58 plays, 225 yards. And my thing here is, you know, going back to what you said, the offensive line played well. Go back and watch that game. If you haven't watched it a second time and you don't think the offensive line did well because he had a dirty jersey, you go back and watch that game, Okay. And I'm going to tell you what you're going to see. You're going to see that our edge, that we did not fill the edge, we did not have pass protection on the blind side as well as we should have. So we need to we need to fix that. And we didn't pick up the blitz as well as we should have. We need to fix that. But other than that, the offensive line held up very well for pass protection. And a lot of the reason this jersey was so dirty is because he was running the ball. Yeah, that was a lot of it too. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't protect him when he's running downfield. He's open game. You know, it's still football. Mm-hmm. So, look, you know, I got to give credit to the line. As young as they are, they're doing well. You know, they made those adjustments to the line where they put the uh, the uh, who was it they put in the center. Yeah, yeah. Well, they put Tackler. They moved Proholt to guard where he was. Uh, that was his preseason All SEC, and then mm-hmm. moved Tackler to center, and. Um, yeah. And I thought that looked good. You know, yeah. I was excited to, to see that. And, you know, that was one of the things that I said that I was like, well, if he was a guard, why is he at center now? Like, what's the issue there? So it's really good to see that, the, you know, there was an injury. The injury got taken care of, and now they're back to where they need to be. And obviously that's why the line looks, you know, looks the best they have, you know, yeah. all year. I thought that was a really good look on the line. I mean, that combined with opening holes up that uh, really we'll talk about Boyd here in a little bit. But that he found, some of the other running backs found, and story, 150, you know, four yards of carry against Auburn, and only two sacks. There's not a whole lot of, and you're going to see even throughout this year, Auburn, who's going to who's going to be able to protect their quarterback much better than that against their defensive line. Oh yeah, you know? I mean Auburn. If we talked about it in the last podcast. We knew coming into this game that Auburn was bringing a, a defense where half the team is going to the NFL, and that's not an exaggeration. And you're rushing these linebackers that are just phenomenal. you got a phenomenal defensive line, and our, and we did our job. We did what we were supposed to do. So, 
you know, hats off to the offensive line. And the way they opened up the running lanes so that, you know, Boyd to get through those lanes was impressive. They opened some nice holes up, better than Bellman's team did. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was starting to – and, um, again, Boyd, man, I think the, the running backs coach are – they were talking past week, they got to find a running back that will find the holes and, and – Go through him, and that's what Boyd was doing. He was finding the hole. He just he knew exactly where it was going to be, and he bursts through when he sees it too. I'm so excited for him to get more carries. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, let's check our rushing stats out, right? So Boyd is at 69 yards, and then you got Ty Story at 63 yards. So that's why his jersey's dirty, guys. Not because the <laughs> O line's not holding up. All right, he's running as much as the uh, running back is. And you and you know when that running back ran, he was like, oh my goodness, look at that, you know? So, that's the deal there. And then uh, Devon Whaley, he got 30 yards, so it's nice to see him step up a little bit and, and get a little bit more production. And then Chase Hayden was 16 yards, still having trouble. Yeah. He hadn't had as good of a year as I thought he was. I thought his speed was really going to be uh, taking advantage of this offense. But uh, with Deb Whaley out with the concussion against A&M, you should see him step up as the number two back this weekend and get get some more chances. Mm-hmm. And then we did give up two sacks on the quarterback. You know, I don't want to say everything was gravy with the O-line. They did give up two sacks. But mm-hmm. I mean, two sacks ain't bad against Auburn, like you said. And uh, those sacks came off blitzes. So that's not bad. Yeah, it wasn't like just there when, when Auburn rushes just four that they were getting sacks on it. It wasn't that no. case. I mean, it was when they had to send an extra man or two to get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they did have to bring pressure to get it. And then our receiving yards, you got uh, Rakeem Boyd with 39 yards, uh, leading the pack again with receiving and rushing. So, way to go, Boyd. I like that. I like mm-hmm. him step up. Number five. Uh, yeah, Jared Cornelius getting 15 yards, Jordan Jones getting 15, and Devon Whaley getting nine yards. So, I mean, I want to see our receivers step up a little more, catch a few more balls, make some stuff happen, you know. Um, it's not always going to be a perfect pass, and sometimes you got to make it happen as a receiver. So, I want to see our receivers impressing us a little bit in this next game. Yeah, I did see also, we talked about it in the uh, – Last podcast, but the running backs combined for five different catches, and they had two drops. So there was about seven or eight targets, at least, to the running backs. We were talking about a little shorter passing games, kind of opening some things up. And I think they need to keep going to it because it seemed like we were getting five or more yards almost every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's my offensive takeaway. I mean, you know, I don't have a, a whole lot – on that, the, the punt returns of 13 yards. Good Lord. Yeah, that's it. Kick returns 20 yards. What? I wish that was all we. I wish that was all we could complain about. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you said we should go to Flasky Theory during the game last week, and I laughed about it when we were texting each other, <laughs> and I thought that's hilarious uh, because you know Flasky Theory is. Is uh, the, the the coach down there in Little Rock? He never uh, never punts the ball and onsides every time. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it works too sometimes. It, so, yeah, he's won some. He's won a few championships. He's it's been successful. Now I don't think I would do that as a football coach. But <laughs> not full you know, blown at least. It's not after, like that. 
after watching that game the second time, I was like, goodness, I see where you're coming from there. It's almost like if we'd have just took the ball and got negative two yards, we'd still been better off than punting it sometimes because <laughs> mm-hmm. they just took it and ran it back on it. Uh, punt returns for them, 95 yards they returned back. Uh, full football field they returned back on it. Kick returns, 96 yards. So the length of two football fields, wow. they return back on us on special teams. That's how horrible our special teams are. We let them run the length of two football fields. Come on. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. And that's, that, that's another reason the offense was – they were in such a hole. I mean, we were starting it. Starting inside our 30 about it, I mean, every time. I mean, that's hard to – that's why we were getting a couple first downs but not getting points because, man, when you start, you know, that far back, it doesn't help anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just totally ridiculous. You know, when you look at their scores, you know, you got the uh, 96-yard uh, kickoff return for a score. Um, then you got uh, a 15-yard run from Whitlow. Uh, that was one of their scores, which was set up by bad special teams mm-hmm. playing it. You got the uh, 18-yard field goal, which was set up by bad special teams playing it. And you got the Jared uh, Stidham four-yard run into the end zone, which was set up by bad special teams play. So if you take away all those, I mean, we're in the game. Even we're just three points. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. they would have ended up being an ugly in the three games. I mean, that seems like that's why I know especially obviously a big part, but you never really think about it, so it's really that bad. But it still seemed to me, instead of 34-3 game, it seemed more like a 20-3 game just because of the, you know, because of. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I guess I don't think I've seen a special teams play that's been that horrendous in a long time. Just, I mean, all phases were bad. I mean, not just like, man. It's got kick return, or usually it's like one or two things, but I mean, it was just like four or five different, different bad events on the special team. Goodness gracious. So, all right, so let's take a look here at what we got. We got, uh, offensively. Do you want to go over anything else offensively or special teams? I mean, no, I think that was. I mean, I think that covered it pretty well. Um, we had two turnovers. Uh, one was before the half, uh, tie story. But one was big when uh, Chase Hayden uh, fumbled after a six-yard catch, which led them to a score, which really can't have. We can't shoot ourselves in the foot with turnovers and penalties, especially when we're not forced to turn the ball over. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, I mean, when you go in and, and you look at – uh, the defensive side of things, you got uh, Cameron Carl with uh, nine tackles, uh, Dre Greenlaw with eight tackles, Randy Ramsey with six, uh, Derek Munson with six, and we got two sacks. So, you know, several hurries. I mean, the, the defense is looking good. Yeah, we had the, well, we had four sacks. Um, Greenlaw had one, Ramsey a game, and then Ryan Foley, the cornerback, had another one. So oh, we had, okay. I mean, we doubled their uh, their sack output, and we also had nine tackles for a loss, three by Greenwell. So, mm-hmm. man, we were we were getting after Stidham, and we they 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 couldn't run very well on us. Oh, they couldn't. We were doing a good job of shutting the run game down, and you know what impressed me about that? We wasn't stacking the box when we did it. Mm-hmm. We wasn't stacking the box, and we wasn't bringing a ton of pressure, and we were still able to play excellent defense. And I, I was really happy to see that. Yeah, it was. I mean, if we 
provide that much pressure. I mean, especially too, even with a four-man rush, or uh, we were really getting after them, and that's um, that's going to be big the rest of the year. It's good to have. I know Ramsey. This is just his second game. He said they, him and the coaches said he was just ninety percent against North Texas, so he must have been a hundred percent. I mean, six tackles, a sack, and two tackles for loss. So that really needed him, and it's good to see him step up. Absolutely, and the penalties on defense were good penalties. And what I mean by that was it was penalties such as um, pass interference and it was going to be a touchdown. And, you know, I'd rather take 15 yards than a touchdown any day. Oh, absolutely. You know, we didn't have a ton of, like, you know, holding and, and pass interference plays. Mm-hmm. Let them stay in the game. and No offside to get them another, you know, get them a first down. And it did seem like, but I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm an Arkansas fan, but it sure seems like the referees were really throwing the flag at us, didn't it? Well, goodness, and then and then they can, uh, one of their defensive line can post tap story in the eye, make it lose the contact. That's somebody who wears the contact. That's serious stuff. That sucks. Yeah, right, <laughs> I mean, he didn't, they didn't call him. I mean, there's this video of him just reaching his big old paws in there. Big guy, 300-pound guy. You know, his big old fingers, sweaty fingers in Ty Story's eye. That's <laughs> nothing. Vision, man. That's terrible. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy, man. Golly. He's tough, too, because he just goes over the sideline, takes him a, a bottle of water, squirts it in there, mm-hmm. and sticks another contact in, and gets, that gets going. Like, I'm getting back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I was impressed with how tough Ty is. I, I think you know, when he runs the ball, he runs with confidence. And it doesn't look like he's running. My goodness, he gets some yards, doesn't he? Yeah, taking I hate to say it, it's almost a little Matt Jones esque. Yeah, I mean, where you don't think he's getting that far. Like, when you're going to the rushing test, he had 60 something yards. I mean, several, <laughs> like, first day conversions. Had a real good one on, uh, and he had a 15 yard uh, uh, scramble for first down, and they call it a legal formation. A wall, so he would have 15 more. So he's uh, that's really good to see. He's Absolutely, at. I'm very very impressed with Ty, and I think the, like I said, I feel like wide receivers got to step up. I think Ty's doing his job. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get to start next year. I don't see how he, he wouldn't. You know, it's a way. Yeah, I with think the rhythm he's getting to. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You're totally right. The rhythm he's getting to and everything. I just felt like like he's. He's doing what he needs to do to be a productive quarterback, and that's exactly what we needed. Was one of the guys that be a productive quarterback. We got that. The coaches took a little bit too long to find that and see that, and I think it's they didn't play. And in the second half of that North Texas game, so all baffle me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm ever ever talking about that on my chat. My goodness, that's like. Anyway, I, I thought he did good. I'm excited. I'm, you know, the I'm, game what North Texas game was not out of hand. It's ridiculous they didn't put him in. Yeah, I'm mad about that, especially against like I mean, he, he's all up against and making the not. You know, we had six interceptions against North Texas. Only had one against Auburn, one quarterback, and he couldn't have he couldn't have brought him in. Twenty points down. I mean, you see, he's like, okay, that's that's a big mistake. That is going to be. <laughs> I'm glad. Good time. I'm glad to see him good. He deserves to be the start of the rest of the year. It's easy to get behind him. How he's shown. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I mean, I'll just get him the rest. He's number one, though. Yeah, no, I mean, for me right now, you stick with Ty. Kelly's number two guy. Kelly's good. You know, if we're at the one-yard line, 
and it's going down, and we got one yard to go. I say throw Kelly in there and let him powerhouse it down the middle. I'm yeah, okay I, with that. I like yeah. him like that. Mm-hmm. Get him some of that. He's excited, too, when he does it. He seems fired up, like, I mean, big smile face. Like, yeah, it's that first down. And, yeah, he deserves, he deserves mm-hmm. a little play time. He's, he's, he's done what for us, you know. And I think you got to get him. you got to get him a little playing time in those types of situations, close to goal and things like that. But I think ties are, yeah. And I just, you know, you got to go with him in the left. At this point, you got to stick with him no matter what. Yeah, got to. It's going to have to take him just absolutely horrible game for it just to be like, oh, hey, we got to take him out. He just doesn't seem that. I don't know what happened against Colorado State. <laughs> and that was a cool, but I just don't see, see that happening. I mean, maybe, maybe Bam, but I don't see, see him take care of the ball better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you never convinced me that there wasn't some altitude yeah. going to Colorado. Especially not, especially not going there day early. Like, I didn't even, what, probably had a little bit of time to one up and test the mm-hmm. three. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, it's just, you know, hopefully we'll get coaching mistakes corrected. And, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm talking about coaching more, absolutely. And I'm saying to you, you got to get these mistakes corrected. You know, you're big time now. You're NBC now. You're making $3 million off now. So, you got to do what you got to do to get these things corrected. Yeah, let's that three months. Absolutely. Anything else defensively you want to talk about? Anything we missed about this game that we need to talk about? A storyline that I... No, see, it was just... Um, it was uh, The defense is one thing to be excited about. Um, and uh, forget, I don't know, people's like, oh, Malzahn is doing vanilla offense. Have you seen... Did, you, did anybody saying that watch the LSU game ran the same thing? They're not, what, what are they? Do they just not know football and just trying to shout that out like, oh, that was just vanilla running, doing all the things they were doing? They're just running the same damn offense they run against anybody else. We just shut them down, especially. Uh, I mean, they were behind the eight ball. The defense was so many times, and uh, kept stopping. I mean, they got out of hand and they kept us in it. I mean, it was still seven nothing, ten nothing. I mean, they didn't get that last touch in before half. I mean, and it's still seventeen nothing. It's like it, it was the game that kept us in it. That's exciting to see, and it just it makes me. I, I know we got beat by thirty-one, but I'm, I'm I'm ready for Saturday. It just I'm fired up. Yeah, absolutely, me too. And I think you know one of the other big things is one of the other big takeaways that I have is that uh, you know these pundits they have these certain things they say, certain things they do, and, and you know they try to get people to to listen to them and try to give you you know an explanation that they think that you want to hear and so on and so forth. And uh, it's not always something that is, um, you know, it's not always something that is on point. It's just something that mm-hmm. that they say because they feel like, you know, they're trying to get you to listen. They're trying to get some hype. They're trying to give you an explanation. And I don't think it's always, like, thought out as to exactly why. No. <laughs> Malzahn was taking it easy on us. He just lost to LSU. He's always 
got his back against the wall and fans are getting after him, you know. It's like, well, this thing will be the year. He had to, he needed to come out there and uh, <laughs> beat us pretty good. Um, but you're right about the, the media. I don't know. They're just, that's different. You kind of like with everything, you kind of got to uh, look through all the alternatives and kind of see uh, who's the best, who makes the most sense, delivers facts. I mean, we'll, we, you're just getting after Coach Morris, but then we were also finding positive in things. Absolutely. And it's not like I want to do that, but that's what I'm seeing. That's what, that's mm-hmm. where it's at, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and stream things and say the coach is doing a great job and he's going to be the second coming and everything's going to be great and, you know, all these things people say, and I've heard it, you know, uh, you know, you got to give him time and all that stuff because we gave the last coach five years and he ran the program in the ground. If this coach can't do better than he's doing now, then he's going to run this program further in the ground. We're going to be in a way worse situation than we ever thought we would ever be in. And we don't want to be in that situation. We don't want to be a team that was once a powerhouse team and then they turn into, you know, another day. You know what I mean? No, I exactly agree. Um, that's big time. Uh, Bielema already wasted five years of our lives. Uh, it was already the year before. Um, wasn't good. So we've been, we've been stuck and we're one and three. So it looks like seven years. He's, there's, I mean, there's already should be some pressure. He's got to be better. We can't keep, we can't, we can't keep falling. We can't be behind Mississippi schools and Kentucky and Vanderbilt having better seasons than us. We need to outpace everybody. We can't have A&M better than us. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, we, gotta, we gotta, we gotta compete more and, um, more has gotta get it done. And, uh, they haven't been perfect. We've been telling you about it, but. Doesn't mean he can't. I mean, I don't. I think there's so far like he's a second coming, but I think there's an upset. No, I think there's an upset coming down the road. Mm -hmm. I think there's an upset coming where you're going to see like he's corrected the things, the mistakes Mm -hmm. he's made, and you're going to see his promise. And it might be this game. I see an upset coming, and I just want to say, you know, it's not again. All these coaching mistakes are coaching mistakes that can be corrected. With Brett, mm-hmm. it was coaching mistakes that couldn't. It was just how he did things. It was just timeouts, stupid times, <laughs> and stupid play calls. It's just not smart football. He's playing, mm-hmm. he's calling smart football. He's calling smart plays. Timeouts are at the right time. He understands football. You can clearly see that. It's just I felt like the the operations side of things sometimes is not being handled properly. Yeah. That's, well. That's what I'm saying. They got to they got to get control of. Yeah, but it can all it can all be in, it can all be uh, corrected though, and that's 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 something that uh, I'm looking forward to. And Gene, mm-hmm. as the season goes goes along, and you're talking about that uh, tweet uh, we had uh, last Sunday, talking about the morning after not giving up, seriously not giving up on the season. And I think you're right about there's an upset. Uh, this season ain't over. I don't believe anybody that says um, we're going to be one and eleven or. Two and ten at the best speed in Tulsa. I think we're going to get SEC a win or two, maybe three. We're just, I mean, this week's going to be, the next two weeks are going to be the two of the toughest, uh, A&M and Alabama, but I could also see a possibility of us, um, everything coming together this weekend, like just getting a rhythm with play calling. And, and when we, defense plays good again, it can happen. Yeah, and when we start talking about A&M, I think we're going to be able to, point out some things that's going to excite everybody and make everybody say, hey, there's opportunity for us in this game. And I, would, I just want to say, like, if you think back about what we talked about in the previous 
podcast and going into the Auburn game, what did we say it was going to be a close game? Who else said that? Nobody else said that, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you're going 34 to 3. That's not a close game. Let's take all that special team stuff away and let's think about how close would that game been without us being set up for those, without Auburn being set up for those touchdowns that they made by four special teams play. That would have been a close game. And yeah, we were still picking Auburn to win by, you know, 10 points, two touchdowns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Close. Post game, there's people that were saying, "Well, it was going to be sixty-three to three. Ain't no point in watching it." Uh, had one of our uh, close guys and uh, loyal listener, Derek, had sent in a prediction score forty-five to seven, mm-hmm. and uh, that that sounds even worse than thirty-four to three. So, sorry, sorry go ahead, Derek, Colorado. Thanks, awesome, uh, awesome prediction score there. Um, yeah, you know, and, and you know, I just, I don't know. Well, we got an opportunity. That's all I'm saying. And you're going to see why when we get into it. So, what is uh, what is what is the line? What does my bookie say about this? I checked my bookie while ago, uh, and they had us at Arkansas at 22 point underdog against Texas A&M. Okay. Okay. So, so got you... about three touchdowns and a point. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Well, again, if you're going to be betting, go to my bookie. Use my bookie. Uh, M-Y-B-L-O-K-I-E, and put in hog call. You're going to get your money match that you deposit up to $1,000 if you use promo code hog call. So use my bookie if you're betting. Use promo code hog call and make yourself some money. Absolutely agree. Please, guys, do it. Hog call. Uh, enter in when you do. Absolutely. Um, so are you ready to move on to uh Let's, I'm ready. Let's get it. All right. So, you know, there's two things that you got. One thing is my uh, good friend, old boss, Mark Robinson, director of football operations, who is our director of football operations at the University of Arkansas, is now the uh, director of football operations at Texas A&M. Uh, he was the director of football operations at Florida State whenever um, – he left after Petrino left. So, uh, yeah, uh, he's a great director of football operations. I'm just, I'm just telling you that he's going to set things up so that there's no issues. Okay. There's not going to be any issues in the, whenever they get there, whenever they land on the plane, when they get to the hotel room, all of their meeting rooms are going to be booked. All of the, uh, all of the, uh, Film setup is going to be set up properly. The walkthrough is going to go properly. Everything is going to be done properly with him at the helm. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about that because if you don't got a great director of football operations, let's say you fly in somewhere, let's say you get everybody set up and, you know, the guys just get, you know, pizza or room service or something, they're not they're not getting a really good team meal and a really good team environment, or you don't get the film room set up properly, or during the walkthrough at the stadium, uh, it hasn't been planned out, it doesn't go as you would like it to go, it can really ruin um, your trip in, in, a, in a high-profile setting like this. So uh, just know that, you know, he's he's coming in and he's, he's coming in to win. You know, he started off at Texas A&M, that was his, uh, stomping ground, and then you got uh, Rakeem Boyd, who plays for us, who, you know, is uh, from Texas A&M. 
So he spent his freshman year uh, there at Texas A&M. And like you mentioned in other uh, podcasts, he was at the Independence Community College in Kansas where he did the uh, last chance at the university and uh, that TV series and whatnot. So, yeah, there's some storylines going into this. Um, Arkansas has rated, the fans have rated this game as the second biggest rivalry we have, uh, with LSU being the first biggest rivalry, uh, Texas A&M being the second biggest rivalry, and Ole Miss being the third biggest rivalry. So, surprises me, because I would put in um, Texas instead of Texas A&M, but hey. Oh, for sure. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, (laughs) Yeah, boys, uh, that's exciting. He's originally from Houston, so he's probably going to have – I know that's south of Dallas, but you know he's going to have some friends and family there cheering him on. He's the starter this weekend with Devois Whaley out uh, with a concussion. So he's going to uh, – and he's kind of on a roll. He's had uh, – uh, you know, I don't know what happened in the North Texas game, but he, only had, he didn't have very many carries. But Colorado State in this one, he's had some big runs. Um, I mean, he's, you're looking to give – I mean, he's get feed, feed number five this weekend. Um, he's looking to get back at them. Uh, it's going to be exciting. And I'm thinking, I mean, 20-plus carries and at least five or more targets in the passing game. And I think he'd have a big day. Absolutely. I think Boyd's going to have a huge day. Uh, we're going into this with uh, Texas A&M being 2-2. Two and two. They had uh, two blowout wins over just, you know, the, the little bitty school. And then uh, they had two big wins or uh, two – one close loss, one I would say not so close loss to Alabama. I felt like Alabama just beat them um, all they wanted to. And then with Clemson, of course, that was a close loss. But you know, yeah, Clemson was close, but Alabama it was it that was pretty close after the first quarter. I mean, they Alabama set the tone. They scored. They mm-hmm. they picked off. They picked off a uh, and M the second play of the game. Uh, the very next play, Tua threw a long long. 30-yard, 35-yard pass, first play of their offense for a touchdown. And A&M could never catch up. Um, and it was it was not, yeah. And besides that, a little bit was close, but just kind of like Alabama does, they ran away with it. And it was 44-17 at one point. So. Absolutely. So you I'll got, give them credit on the Clemson game, but that was at, that was at A&M. Yeah, and it's Clemson. I mean, it's not SEC. No, it's not. No. Um, so Texas A&M. 26 points, uh, tw- tw- they, uh, final possession, 26 minutes per game. Uh, they rank last next SEC, 120th nationally. Arkansas, final possession, 32 minutes, 6 seconds. We rank fourth in SEC, 28th nationally. Now, I know we're not playing, um, you know, final possession football. It's not Morris' style. But it's interesting. You know, it's an interesting thing to, to bring up there. Um, the points comparison, uh, Texas A&M's averaging 55.3 points per game, the first in the SEC, Arkansas at 48.8 points per game, second in the SEC. So it's going to be, you know. Should be a good be a shootout on the turf, huh? I mean, hopefully our defense <laughs> plays well. If, hey, they might score all their points on special teams, but if we can score some offense, we might you know, keep up with them that way. Absolutely, you know, and those stats really surprised me when I read them. I was like, wow, I just don't seem, you know, they don't seem right. But I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm bringing it to the listeners. That's what the uh, <laughs> university are. 
what the University of Arkansas is claiming, and I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> yeah, that 44 <laughs> sounds like a lot, but all right, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I will say another thing. The funny thing about uh, talking about A&M getting blown out by Alabama, that was still Alabama's mostly or closest, uh, closest contested game this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that next week against Ben. Goodness gracious. Yeah, let's just wait on talking about Alabama. Make me, they make me. Oh, <laughs> man. I can't even. Don't worry about it. Sorry I brought it up. Golly. They can have a heart attack. All right. So, obviously, Kellen Lauren has won that starting position. They had no idea it was going to be the starter going into the beginning of the season. He just took it and ran with it after the first game and uh, has been doing well ever since. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, no, you're breaking. Um, yeah, Starko. You thought a lot of people said he's going to be the starter, and he still he threw about seven times against uh, Alabama. So he does come in every once in a while, throw it. But mine's definitely the starter. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, I guess uh, you know the big thing is, is just. You know, in fall practice, Mon looked good, and then they also had sophomore Jared Jared Hawker, who uh, beat out senior uh, starter uh, Connor Lanford for the uh, right guard spot. So he's going to be setting up the right guard spot. And one of the interesting things about uh, what Jimbo's done this year is he's moved a ton of guys from where they played before to different positions, and I don't think that bodes well for what they got. I think that means that, you know, not only did he feel like the, the previous coach had him playing in the wrong spot, but if they were playing in the wrong spot, now you got to learn a whole new position. And now you're on a team where most of your team is learning new positions. So I, I don't think that, that that bodes well at all for them. Um, so, so that's something to be be aware of. We'll, we'll get into exactly who, who all those folks are. Um, Juan Davis. And Cameron Buckley are the uh, co-starters at the receiver spot opposite of uh, Jahaman Abson, I think it is. Uh, I guess they said they had a really good fall practice. They say that uh, they expect to see, you know, Davis and, and out wide and uh, Buckley play the slot. So you're looking at, you know, you're looking at your, your ex out there being uh, – David and, and Buckley's going to be playing at swap position. Yeah, and uh, those guys, uh, the thing I said about the receiver position, man, they're all 6'2 or taller, especially the, the top five or six uh, passers. Uh, mm-hmm. Davis, he's got 150 yards on the year. Um, Alzheimer, Buckley, they're all about 200. So they like to spread it around. Absolutely. And then, you know, Abson is a big physical guy, you know, I think the, the big thing about him is he can go up and like snatch a ball down and so on and so forth. So you got to really play him hard. Yeah, you do. Um, and like I said, they're all they're big and physical. Um, have you brought up uh, Kendrick Rogers yet? No, Kendrick Rogers, six three. Um, they said he improved a lot during the off season. Uh, they said that he's. Uh, uh, a rangy target for quarterbacks, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, <laughs> he's six three and skinny is what that rangy means. Tall, I know. Tall I looked at his. <laughs> I looked at his stats when I read all that, and you know his stats said that uh, 
been doing well. He's performed well in several games this year. Um, so he's a guy that you gotta you gotta look at. You know, he was held in check against Alabama, but I think Clemson is that game where he just really just busted out on it. And I saw him just catching and catching and catching. So it's a guy you gotta watch. Yeah, he had a big game. Seven catches, 120 yards, and two touchdowns. Holy, against, holy! Against Clemson, um, like I said, he he was targeted quite a bit against uh, Alabama, but only about 38 yards. So I guess their 12th man is this uh, Colin Gaspilla. I can't even say it. Uh, <laughs> he was moved from linebacker to fullback. Okay. And, uh, you know, so if you're wondering who the 12th man is, you know, I guess that's a big deal there. that They got a fan base. So, anyway, that's uh, their fullback. Isn't that silly? <laughs> Isn't it silly how they got male cheerleaders? And they're so proud that they got fans. You're supposed to have fans. It's a football program. Yeah, what does that mean? Maybe they didn't have fans at all, you know, all the time, and uh, eventually they one year, oh, we have some fans, and, well, I don't know, I don't get it. Man, it's the whole weird thing. Uh, a and is a weird Weird, it's program. really described, and not a good weird either. No, no. Uh, they got Travion William at running back. Uh, you know, he's the workhorse. Uh, and then you got uh, tied in. Uh, Sternenberg and uh, Trevor Wood. That's your two tight ends. You'll see both of those coming in and out. Uh, Wood's more of your blocking, uh, your blocking tight end, and uh, Sternenberg is more your, you know, he's going to be pulling out for more passes. Yeah, Sternberger. I mean, that's that Mon's favorite red zone target. He had a touchdown against Bama. He, he leads the team with four on the year, uh, 6'4", 250 out of Oklahoma. Um, so he's he'd be looking for him. When it gets down the red zone, he'll be going for Rogers a lot, the six three receiver, and then uh, Sternberger, who's one of the best tight ends in the SEC, uh, a lot of the times. Absolutely, and Sternberger. They said uh, was the offensive MVP from their spring drills. Whatever that means. Really, your tight end from your spring <laughs> drills. <laughs> he's uh, he's I mean, a tough matchup. I mean, he is, but that ought to be exciting for any team. Better be excited that they're tied in is, is the, I mean, it's, come on, you know, it's not like it's Gronk, you know? No. No, he's definitely not Gronk. I know Jimbo, <laughs> he, he loves the tight end. I know he came in and he's talking about how he's going to improve the tight end, use more tight end. So he's really trying, I don't know if there's a recruit he's really trying to to, to bring in or something, but he's, he's bragging about it. He's, he's made it a point to get Mon to throw it to him, too. But he had a... MVP of the spring drills, huh? That's something. That's something else, isn't it? Yeah. So you got you got Dan Moore at left tackle. He's protecting the blind side. Um, he's taking over for Coda Martin. They transferred out to Syracuse. So you know there, there's another weak spot right there that you get that we get to take advantage of. And uh, you know it's a guy that hasn't got a ton of playing time. So so it's good to see that. Then a the left guard. You got Sutherland. Um, He's been he's played all over the place. Uh, he's been a center uh, for most of his career, and now they got him protecting the blind side. So it's the blind side is being protected by new guys. <laughs> we yeah. should be able to we should be able to get some sacks. Yeah, he just uh, brought up the, the Southern one. I remember I wrote this down watching the Alabama A and M game. Knowing that says Mon had interception in the second play of the game, and that it was Keaton Southern one. I mean, I know it wasn't it was just. A, 
Bama being a freak defensive lineman, but it looked like Southern just left that guy run right by him and nailed Mond as he was throwing that ball. And yeah, as a whole, they allowed seven sacks versus Bama, so we should be able to we should be able to keep up. Uh, we got to bring pressure against him because, like any quarterback, he's he's noticeably not as good of a passer when he's forced to roll out or step up under duress. Oh, absolutely. And then you got uh, Eric McCoy. Uh, I guess uh, McCoy uh, plays guard, and uh, he's he's taken over at uh, at guard there. And you know he was at center again. Another guy that was at center. So you know, I guess the big thing, the big takeaway here was that time's going to tell how good this kid is. So uh, you know their line, uh, the right guard Connor Lanford. Uh, he's the returning starter, so he's the only one that's coming back and playing the same position. <laughs> that's something. <laughs> They've had more movement than we had. Well, you got right tackle um, uh, Carson Green. Uh, he was one of the spring's best linemen, and uh, you know, in drills, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> so, you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, those are your you got two guys that are possibly where they have played before and you know, you gotta be able we gotta be able to get some pressure on the quarterback and take advantage of that. And you saw Alabama did that. Uh, you saw um that even some of the smaller schools ain't in place were able to take advantage of that weak line they have. So we should be able to take a, a lot of advantage of it. The problem is, is that if we get overly excited, that quarterback can run, man. So, yeah, I mean, he's too hard. Goodness, he can run. That's the thing about it coming with him, though. I mean, uh, he's got uh, uh, 200 plus uh, rushing yards on the year, four touchdowns. Uh, I mean, he's good enough. They they design a lot of quarterback draws for him, but he definitely will. He's not scared to get run out of that pocket. So. <laughs> Definitely going to make sure to keep him in check on getting many extra yards. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's definitely your classic dual threat quarterback. He's going to run. He's going to throw. He's going to do a little bit of everything. Great part about that is that's not a Jimbo offense. He likes more of a pocket passer uh, type of offense. That's where the quarterback sits in the pocket, slings the ball around, and runs when he has to. So that means that his play calling is not going to be as – on point is, you know, he would probably like it to be because he's making do with what he's got. And you can tell he didn't like what he saw on the offensive line. That's why he made all those movements. That's why he made all those changes on the offensive line. So you can tell they don't really like what they have there, but at the same time, they feel like I'm sure that they've made the changes they need to make to be the most successful they can be. And they're a great coaching staff. So, you know, I just hope that we can take advantage of that. Yeah, uh, man, because they're going to get better, too. They're going to be a program under uh, Jimbo that's going to get better. Um, yeah, like you are saying with the quarterback, not really his type. Uh, think back kind of Christian Ponder and Jameis Winston, who, uh, you know, preferred uh, – Jimbo definitely preferred them to sit back there in the pocket. Um, kind of mm-hmm. new to him, but he's, uh, he's figuring it out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have anything else in our offense that we missed or we need to – um, only uh, Travion Williams, uh, definitely their, their, as you said, their starting running back, uh, number five, five foot nine, 
little guy. Um, you know, he had to the stat line kind of. He definitely takes advantage of uh, lesser run defenses. He had 240 yards against Northwestern State, 130 against Louisiana Monroe, but then he only had 62 yards uh, against Bama and Clemson combined. So oh, wow. the little guy, he takes advantage of like you know Northwestern State and Louisiana Monroe, but that's a guy we can shut down. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's all it's I got on their offense. Especially as well as our defense shut down the, the Auburn uh, mm-hmm. offense, I expect us to be able to do well against the A&M offense. I really do. Um, so when we move on to defense, we've got uh, Kingsley K. Uh, he's the uh, defensive tackle. Again, he's a guy that's moved to defensive tackle. Previously, um, he, he was in an, another position. And, uh, you know, they you know they thought he was injured, I guess, and I guess he came back from that because it wasn't season ending. So, you know, you got him coming in. Uh, at defensive end, you've got uh, Landis Durham. Um, he is uh, tied for the SEC leader with sacks, with 11 uh, sacks. So that, that's pretty impressive. Oh, wow. Oh, first, I guess active because he's only. He's yeah, active. Only... I think since he's been. I think that, that's got to be since he's been. Uh, yeah, he is a senior, so I, I believe it. Um, yeah, he's got one on the year. Well, they've only got five as a. As a whole, this team. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, and I'm pretty sure that that was about you know that was a um, you know all of his church. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, so then you got uh, Michael Clemens. Um, you know, I guess they say he's loaded with potential. Uh, they say that we're going to see the same thing that we saw from him last season. So. Uh, <laughs> I don't know much about him. I don't. I didn't really keep up with A and M last season, honestly. No, I didn't. no, I didn't. Uh, one of the only games I really watched was our our debacle against them. So <laughs> a lot of these guys aren't. I, don't, I guess I don't see them as much as other ones. Um, they got a lot of new guys. I mean, they're they're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you got you got Keith, the defensive tackle. Uh, yeah, Keith, I do know. I know him a lot. Um, in the last game I watched. Yeah. Yeah, and he he was uh, he was I guess they brought in the, this Justin uh, Madabuk who I thought he was going to fit in there nicely in his spot. So I don't know. I guess that maybe didn't work out. I don't know what what exactly went down there, but um, you know they they moved him over uh, to the defensive uh, tackle or they switch him in and out. So it's. You know, it's something to take a look at. It's something to be aware of. There, there must be some issue going on there. They're, they're switching the two. Sounds hmm. like another first-year coach. Everybody's kind of – they're kind of feeling their way to <laughs> a lot of this with personnel issues. That yeah. Like, especially on the defensive line. They don't have just – doesn't seem like they're set on um, set on four guys that really are, you know, they yeah, absolutely. heavily. You know, Keith is their, their team leader. He's got 21 starts. Um, and he, you know, he's that defensive tackle right there in the middle of the line and just, you know, just a monster. And, um, he's doing what he, you know, he's doing what he can do to control the team. He's trying to put the team on his back. But at the same time, he's surrounded by, he's, he's surrounded by like mystery of, you know, is, is he the guy? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So exactly. Like, even though he's got all these starts, he's still, he's still not showing, as much promise, I'm sure, as they wanted to see from 
Yeah, definitely not a, a couple years ago they had Miles Garrett who was just a freak and he's a freak in the NFL right now. But definitely ain't <laughs> got a guy like that. Um and they watched they didn't have any sacks against uh Bama. They did do a pretty good job against their run game. But um this is definitely less than uh, not as scary as facing the Auburn Auburn oh. defensive line. Our offensive line should should be able to protect story and open up some holes from the looks of it. Yeah, absolutely. And then you go in and you start looking at this uh, their linebacker crew. They start getting a little bit more developed at linebacker. You've got uh, Otar, Alika, I think how you say it, uh, 33 career starts, uh, 78 tackles in 2017. So he had a great year last year. And, uh, you know, he's starting off well again this year. Um, you got Terrell Dodson at linebacker. Um, and, you know, I guess the, the big thing about him is that uh, he was the SEC uh, top tackler in uh, 2017. And then you got uh, Buddy Johnson at uh, linebacker. And, uh, you know, he, he, he clo- you know, he closed with like nine tackles playing LSU last year. So he had a really good uh, year last year. And this year, you know, he's coming back in, he's picking up where he left off, and he's, he's kind of moving forward. So that linebacker crew they got there, that's, that's where the strength of their defense is. Yeah, it looks like the most experienced. I mean, my goodness, though, uh, Laka with uh, 33 starts, like you said. And mm-hmm. then um, Dawson has been in for a big year, and uh, Johnson as well has got a lot. So they got a lot of experience there. Um, definitely kind of holds, I think, the strength in the strength of their defense. Um. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then in your cornerbacks, you got a dead throw, rim throw, who uh, they say is a physical cornerback. They said he finished sixth on defense with 54 tackles. Uh, to go five uh, with five pass breakups last year. Uh, then you got the cornerback Charles Oliver also, and I guess Oliver tied for a team lead with eight pass breakups. Uh, but you know you don't you know aren't talking about any interceptions he's got so you know it must not be that great. Uh, you got uh, Clifford Chapman, Trayvon Fuller, and that fills out their their cornerback positions. And that is not uh, you know you know, they don't they are not even counting those other two guys as doing anything. So you know yeah I don't think that's their <laughs> strong point. And they've only got one interception on the year by uh, by his last name is Larry. <laughs> so it's not even a starter, so and they don't force too many uh, turnovers. So it'll be really good to see us take advantage of that passing game, really swing the ball around and mm-hmm. uh, catch the ball, receivers. We can win the game. <laughs> yeah, just man, we'd be able to take care of the ball if we don't. And man, if we keep the penalties to the lesson and the receivers don't drop, especially don't drop six passes that uh, are all right. for first for first downs. Or touchdowns, um, or, or yeah, definitely, or touchdowns at that. Um, we can we can attack that secondary. And you uh, can get two hands on the ball. Just go ahead and do it. Go and yeah, get you're another not... hand on out of that that, uh, <laughs> that defensive. Always. Oh, they're they're going to grab you. The defensive guys are going to grab you when you're in the end zone because they'd rather take 15 yards than the touchdown. So you're going to have to play more physical. I always think back. Uh, anytime you're talking to me in Woods, when I know, anytime I see somebody try to catch it one-handed, uh, especially when they're not in the pros, I always think back of, uh, because uh, seventh grade, I was uh, running around to try to catch one one-handed, and coaches were, uh, what do you think 
CPR or Andy Moss. And I'll never forget that. They're always like two hands. Don't try to be fancy unless you're Odell Beckham. Or, Absolutely. Uh, and then he used to still catch it. Then he used to still catch it with two hands. He still always bring it got in. more yeah. opportunities. You always <laughs> got more opportunities. All right. Exactly. So, strong safety. Davon yeah. Wilson, uh, again, they, they, they say he's a man on a mission after exiting 2017 with a season engine in injury. So he's supposed to be coming in this year, man on a mission, ready to do something special. But he didn't play last year. didn't do anything last year. So we'll see. And then uh, free safety, Derek Tucker, um, you know, was fifth on defense with 55 tackles. So, you know, that's that's strange that your free safety is making that many tackles, and that's a good sign that your free safety is making that many tackles going to John's playoff. That's where you want the tackles made. Yeah, we want to, hey, we want our guys to get past those, uh, those three starting linebackers. and into the, <laughs> <laughs> We want them to be the guys tackling. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, the linebackers are their strong suit. Cornerbacks are weak position. Guys playing it around. Uh, our O-line should be able to take care of their O-line, especially after what we did against Auburn. There shouldn't be any issues there. And, uh, you know, it looks like if we get into that secondary that the uh, free safety might be able to tackle us, and that's okay. We'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. That probably means first down uh, where he's chasing us. <laughs> I'm looking for uh, Boyd. Rakeem Boyd hadn't scored a touchdown. I'm looking for him, but he's had some a lot of long runs and bursts. I'm looking for him to break one off about 60 or so yards, maybe stiff arm that free safety we were talking about, and take it in for a score. Hopefully the first drive. That would be big. That would be big time. That would be big time. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest with you, it fires me up when I compare these two teams and I look at what we got and what they got. I feel like mm-hmm. we got a good matchup. I feel like we got a good opportunity to score some points. I feel like if Coach Morris comes out there and takes care of the special teams' issues and fixes those, that's what he focuses on this week. And he comes, if he focuses on special teams this week, right? Mm-hmm. He comes out there with a similar game plan against Auburn that we had. We run boy, you know, we throw the ball around and our receivers catch the ball. We got a great opportunity to win this game. Exactly, and we need to take advantage of their special teams. We cannot let them have a big return. They've had Mm-mm. they've had five punt returns on the year for for an average of uh, six point eight, uh, along with fourteen. Sounds about as good as our punt return. I think we've even had a little longer than that. And their kick return, their longest kick return, has been nineteen yards. So we cannot yeah. let them. This is a team to get back on track with special teams. Absolutely. I think my message to Morris, if you want fan support for you not hiring a special teams coordinator, fix it. Fix it now and win this game. Show that you don't need one. It's like, hey, maybe we were wrong. He fixed it. He just needed to adjust. Maybe just figure out this team. Out. Show us. Don't, you don't keep it lingering on after every game. Boy, mm-hmm. just like the yeah. Auburn game. Boy, the special teams weren't so freaking bad. We could have – we had a chance to win that game. We Hopefully – Man, that'd be great if that was the last game because we'll be in a lot more games. Absolutely, we'll get that shored up. And I was excited about what Coach Moore said. He came out this time and he said, and I know I'm always talking about you know what he says and so on and so forth. Now he upsets me. He don't take enough responsibility. But this time he came out and said the situation that we had in that game was our special teams. That was that was what really hurt us. Um, I made the mistake. 
the mistake I made is not playing enough starters, and I'm going to put more starters in our special teams to correct it. Awesome. That's what I'm looking for as a fan. Take responsibility. Yeah. Tell me what went wrong. How are you going to fix it? Take That's all fix I asked. Yeah, and he said, he said uh, the chief, Chavis, and the offensive coordinator, Craig, both volunteered for starter tape. Like, hey, if you got to take some more starters, that means winning. Please do it. So, I'm looking for some changes. I'm, that's going to be a good thing we're definitely going to be looking at this next game. Let's see Absolutely. some starters out there. Let's, I mean, let's make sure it's better. Have some pride. Like, just get in, get it instilled into the players. Like, man, if we want to win, let's just yeah. let's be better in session. Who wants to play? Who wants to get down there? Make sure yeah. we're good. Absolutely, hundred percent. You know, it's simple things too. Just Staying in your lane on kickoff. Uh, Not there was there was I think it was the first one, first punt return that went for this. I mean there was several missed tackles within the first. There's like four missed tackles within the first just ten or fifteen yards of the return. And on those punt return missed tackles, you could tell it was obviously they were just out matched by the mm-hmm. running back that was running the ball. Yeah, Ron Davis. Out, really good. Just, yeah, by Davis. They were just out matched by his athleticism. He was just better than them. And they were trying to tackle. They were trying to make two-handed tackles. They wasn't like trying to shoulder tackle. They were trying mm-hmm. to do what they could do. They were just too slow and not strong enough to bring him out. And that's honestly, you know, I, so I'm excited. They were going to be bringing out starters. I think that's a great game plan. I'm glad that Chad Morris took responsibility. That's what I'm looking for from a coach. And that's why I like this guy. He does things that I'm like, yeah, that's what a good coach does. You know, and like you said, everything – that we need to fix is a correctable mistake that we can correct. And that's why I'm super excited about Chad Morris still, and I think he's going to take us to another level of football. I really do. I do, too. And it's good seeing, like I said, they don't have Ryan Davis back there. And uh, Christian Kirk, who torched us the last couple years, had a touchdown last year, uh, at least returning the kick. He, He graduated. He's not with them anymore. So this is a get right game for the special teams. I looked, I looked to see, I looked at uh, a lot of corrections to be made this weekend, and I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. If you remember back whenever we were doing this, I don't know our first podcast, but maybe even our very first one that was released, and it was out for like what a week, and then we deleted it, and only like eight people I think listened to it. Well, you mm-hmm. eight guys know, all right, y'all know that. We had predicted this A&M game to be a win. Sure did. One of us predicted A&M. I think was, that, was that you, Tim? Mm-hmm. And then I think I was predicting Auburn in that and to be a win. And you know what? I mean, this might be it. This might be a win. It's a win that we foresaw before the beginning of the year, and I think, you know, it could be a possible win. Yeah, we both said. I mean, both agreed because kind of, I picked in and you picked our, and then we both agreed that uh-huh. there's a good chance we're at least going to get one of them. You know, like we've got a shot to get one of them, and I still believe that. I do I, I still I believe that. that. I'm still excited. I still believe we got a chance to win this game. I guess we got to make a prediction. Okay. Are we too excited to make it? Should we? I mean. I promise I haven't had any beer doing this. I had some coffee, and I'm, I've been going back and forth, man. I don't know if I... I had a big old Mountain Dew. That's, we've had some caffeine, so I'm kind of right, jacked let's... up and excited. So I don't know I don't know if listeners are ready for this. Let's do it. If anybody wants to go to Vegas or go to my bookie, uh, you might want to listen to me here. 
Falcon Hall call. All right. You ready for mine, Chet? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, here we go. Arkansas, 24, A&M, 21. Boom. Oh. We can ride the ship. Yeah. Everything comes together. We might not win very many the rest of the year, but for some reason I feel like Victor and everything comes together. I like it. I like it's it. Saturday in Jerrysboro. I'm going to say Arkansas 28, A&M 31. All right. Um, and I hope I'm wrong, man. I, <laughs> You're probably right, man. I would, that, would, that would be a heartbreaker. Sounds about I think, the line like the last five we played, I mean, played here's down the, there. I'll give you my rationale on that. I think that we get everything together. I think our special teams looks better. But I think maybe there's one special teams play that sets them up for a field goal, and they get just a few more points than we get. But I still think it's going to be a close game. I think our offense is going to look the best it's looked all year. I think we're going to score some points. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't – I mean, that sounds 30, 31-28 right now. I'd be like, hey, we played with them, especially as 22-point underdogs. It's like, that sounds pretty great, but I know that close will be heartbroken. Like, man, it's right within our reach, but – I want to see us just like we were talking about last. I want to see us compete and have some heart. I feel like the game, game, even if it was 31 points, still gave us confidence. You could tell with the coaches what they said this week and felt with the players. Um, they're ready to, they're ready to go down there and keep improving. They've got some confidence now. Everything was at a low after North Texas, but I think, I think, I think everyone believes we can win. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to be rooting for your score, for sure. I think that's... <laughs> Me too. Uh, oh, people I'm, are going to probably... Like, I'm almost this guy. just playing... De- no, I mean, honestly, I'm playing devil's advocate, even... Almost, if you wouldn't have picked them, I think I would have, honestly. If you didn't pick <laughs> Arkansas, I would have picked them. But then I thought, you know, after you pick them, it was like... You know, I don't know. But anyway, we're homers. Yeah. We're yeah. homers. That's what you We are homers. And it's not uh, like I'm saying we're blowing them out. I take that too, but I don't know. I'm I'm fired up. I'm, it's not, it's not, one of these games is going to be an upset, and we've got to pull things together. And A&M hadn't exactly shown uh, that they're just world beaters. I mean, mm-hmm. their two wins are Monroe and Nickel State, so Nor- Northwestern State, whatever. Same, I would like same to difference. Think we, I'd like to think we can hang in with Alabama as good as they did. I mean, Yeah, exactly. At home, too, I think we could. Yeah, but I'd like to man. If we could win this, give us some confidence for the rest of the year. I mean, what a big, what a big, what a big win it would be um, down here in Dallas, man. In that well, here's stadium. The, here's the thing about that Cowboys Stadium, and a lot of people don't realize this, but that jumbotron that is in that Cowboys Stadium is so big that it's almost the length of the whole football field. I mean, it's humongous, and the players can get caught up in that jumbotron because it happened to us before when we were up there uh, playing them. When I was coaching on the team, the jumbotron, the, the players would get like zoomed into it. You know what I'm saying? It's weird because like you would look up, you would see yourself on the sideline or something, or, and you would just you'd be like, "Wow, that's insane!" You know, and it just makes you kind of gawk at it. But the problem with that is you miss important things. And I've seen us do that, and it's cost us the game before. I think that both teams are going to be used to that. But will the coaches be used to that? 
and it's two brand-new head coaches, and I know you're saying, oh, you know, they've been in the limelight, they've been at big stadiums, they've played this, but this is a different beast. Jerry World is a different beast. It's not the same. It's not the same as anything else. You know, when I was there, of course, I was with Petrino. We were winning these games, and the fan base, Arkansas fan base, was traveling like crazy. I think the most insane turnaround I've ever been a part of was one of our games there um, that we had, and, you know, it was just amazing. So, will the Jumbotron, will the size of the stadium affect these two new head coaches. What do you think? That's a great question. Um, you think? I, I wonder if even I should have looked up then if uh, Jimbo's even played in this stadium yet. Um, Morris probably hadn't, unless he was at Clemson or maybe uh, I think he was beyond high school at that point. I know he's been in there because I know his son played in the championship game in that <laughs> stadium. But uh, it's going to be a different animal for both of them. Um, it is. I mean, the players, at least besides the true freshmen, have, have, have played there a couple of years. They know what to expect, but that's a great point uh, brought up by you. Uh, how is it going to affect the coaches? That's a big we, deal there. If we go down there, everybody wants to know about recruiting and what can we do to help recruiting and this, that, and t- other. I'll tell you what we can do to help recruiting. We can go beat Texas A&M. That's <laughs> yeah. going to help recruiting because all the Texas recruits are going to be there. Texas A&M mm-hmm. recruits are going to be there. All the Arkansas recruits are going to be there from Texas. And if we go down there and beat Texas A&M in Texas, that's going to help recruiting. We'll probably pull a couple of recruits from A&M to Arkansas if we go in there and beat them. Oh, so, for sure. We're competing with them on a lot. Of, I mean, we're definitely making a priority to go down to Texas more. So this is, a, this is even a bigger game than uh, our last coach who didn't recruit Texas. This is a big, big game. Absolutely. All right, so I guess we got to close out the podcast with something that's not necessarily related, but I want to stick to something that's, that's still football-related, still Arkansas-related this week. How about the games at War Memorial 2024, the Texas A&M contract is up and the War Memorial contract is up. Will Arkansas stop playing in Jerry World? Or will they stop playing at War Memorial, or will they play at both? What, what do you think? Because I think that A&M's done with us. I don't think A&M's playing with us yeah. anymore mm-hmm. um, there. I think our best bet would be a Texas Tech game there. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see an Arkansas-Texas game or an Arkansas-Oklahoma game. Absolutely. But like those, those would make sense. I, I think, oh, man, you, you're right. Yeah, A&M, they've already made they, they don't want to play the game anymore. Um, we're down with it. You know, we we, mm-hmm. we know Jerry Jerry wants to play they can take care of us as long and then when Stephen Jones takes it over. Um I think you're right though. I, we gotta we gotta keep a neutral side game there. Um mm-hmm. with I, I man, I love that idea against Oklahoma. Uh, oh, they're kinda they different because they recruit Texas big time. And they're another kinda like us. They're not in the state of Texas, but they're uh-huh. you know, probably a couple hours away. same as maybe a little longer than us. So it'd be, it'd be just, I mean, close. And the, re- the reason close I say what perfect Absolutely. And the reason I say Oklahoma and not like Oklahoma State or somebody like that is because, I mean, Oklahoma's a team that we used to play, you know, and, and they used to be in the conference. So I, I think, you know, I don't know. When I think of marquee opponents, you 
you know, to me, Oklahoma State is not quite at our level. I want to play somebody that's more at our level. Yeah. I think Oklahoma's that school. It's like, man, if you can beat Oklahoma, you're doing something. Yeah. You know? I, now, I will, I will say this. Like, if, if it was between not playing there and playing Oklahoma State, I'd be glad to play them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> But definitely, Oklahoma and Arkansas and uh, Dallas Cowboys Stadium, just, that sounds That'd be sick. cool, wouldn't that it? Sounds, wouldn't that be cool? That sounds incredible. That atmosphere would be <laughs> yeah. good. That'd be gracious. Well, what Especially it, by then, we'd have our program rolling. Was it a four-year neutral game, Texas-Arkansas? Okay. I mean, yeah. I'd take that, too. I will say uh, Texas is uh, – You'll definitely out our outsiders are gonna to have to come in for this game. I don't know if it's two thousand twenty one or two thousand twenty, but Texas is coming in the Fayetteville. They owe us a game from from uh Petrino's first year. That long about about ten years ago they owe us a game, so they're coming up to Fayetteville. But then after that, that would be Arkansas, Texas because hell, Austin's still a couple hours away from Dallas, so it's not like you know, it's in their backyard, so goodness gracious, that sounds good too. And then get it done, your check. Get it done. And here's the other thing: Does Arkansas stay at War Memorial, or do they finally make the big, the big? You we're not playing there anymore. I'm gonna tell you what. Here it is. All right. A lot of people say I don't want to do this. Blah blah. I think you're all scared and pansies for saying it. I'm just gonna be honest and tell you what we need to do. Here, Arkansas State, Arkansas game at War Memorial Stadium. Every single year, we're the only team that doesn't play in-state rivalry. It's goofy. We need to play them, and you know, I think ever so often they'll win, but I think for the most part we'll beat them down. What do you think? Sorry, Jay. Yeah, I, uh, I absolutely agree. Um, I think that's the best way to do it. Um, I'm down with still playing World Memorial, a game a year. That's uh, Arkansas is different. A lot of people bring up this argument. Alabama stopped playing Birmingham. Blah, blah, blah. Stopped, or somebody stopped. One of the Ole Miss, Ole Miss maybe stopped playing Jackson. I don't care. I, I kind of like it. Um, especially being from South Arkansas. Um, mm-hmm. you know, families go there. That's the game even with I-49 or whatever. It's still a game that and, uh, people like to go to from all around the state. Um, but that would make perfect sense, Arkansas State. And I'd like to do it now. Thank goodness we didn't do it six or seven years ago, or uh, they would have beat us a couple times. I think our program is going to get rolling, and it's going to be where we probably beat them uh, nine out of ten times. So I'm definitely – timing is right to uh, to start to get that scheduled. And, again, your check, get it done. Let's do it. Absolutely. And it gives – it does a couple things. I think the thing about a game like that is, one, it lets us play Arkansas State, so we, we get those – Recruits from Arkansas that's on the fence about, well, should I go to Arkansas State? Should I go to Arkansas? So you want to improve recruiting, let's improve it in our own state by playing Arkansas State. That will improve recruiting. And then the other thing that it will do is it will give Arkansas State some more notoriety, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good program. They've done great down there. They've built that thing up. They've, they've played some hard-fought games against some great schools and won some of them. I mean, you got to give that school credit. You know, they I think they deserve a game against Arkansas was as well as they built it up, honestly. And then the last thing is you're going to fill up War Memorial. You're going to give all the South Arkansas fans a big game. 
You're going to give everybody in the whole state a game to get excited about. You're going to be able to make a ton of revenue off of it. You know, merchandise sales sure. off of this. It's, it's going to, it would be crazy. It would be money Oh, my gosh. It would be nuts. There would be so many people coming into that game. And not like, it'll be sold out, you know, well, months before the games even play. There'll be people just coming and hanging out, seeing each other from all mm-hmm. parts of Arkansas. And that would just be a big, big reason to just uh, bring it all together, man, and uh, kick Arkansas State's butt, too, at, at yeah. that. That'd be yeah. big time. Like I said, you've got, it, you've got it down pat on these two ideas. They need to happen, and everybody, fans deserve it. The whole state of Arkansas deserves that matchup in War Memorial. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, probably enough, probably enough revenue to 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 improve the stadium at that. And everybody that don't want to do it, I guess you're just being silly. Honestly, I mean, you, you, what is the you like the reasoning behind we shouldn't do it? Like, what is the number one like argument behind we shouldn't do it? I've heard people argue that we shouldn't do it, and I've never, uh, I've never had a really good argument. They've never Let's said some, something where I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, people tweet at us who's listening and give us a give us a good reason, not the same old tired, tired excuses. Yeah, yeah, it's not, you, not got a good you know, we yeah. might lose because that's a horrible reason. They might beat us is a horrible reason. They had their chance. chance to play us the last couple of years and beat us, but we're, we're going to get better where it ain't going to happen that much. So. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, anything else, Tim? No, um, I can't believe that I picked this to win, but it's on record, so let's hope it happens, man. Goodness I'm gracious. I'm so excited. Morning hey, game. I'm going to have some coffee. might have to wake up and put something on the smoker, but I'm I'm ready, man. I kind of like that early kickoff. Get this game going. I'm excited. I'm doing a breakfast pizza before the game. Oh, God. That's going to be my breakfast. Uh, we're going to do brunch, so you know you guys the mimosas, sure. Bloody Marys, and all that kind of good stuff, getting ready for the game. And then we're going to do the uh, Biden sandwiches, which is where you do the turkey with the uh, uh, stuffing and all that inside of a sandwich with uh, cranberries and stuff. It's going to be great. Super excited about it. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't like the 11 o'clock kickoff, 12 o'clock your time kickoff, but... I like it. It gives me time to, like, you know, I get to get there early, get to watch the game, and then I got time to do other things after and watch more games. You know, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a good time. Yeah, it takes that no, not enough time to get nerves because, you know, you're sitting around, especially six, nine games are tough because um, uh, you're sitting around one one round of games, 11 o'clock early games. You're like, all right, I can handle it. By that 2, two thirty game, you're ready to get rolling. I don't care. The big SEC matchup on CBS. You're ready. Your nerves are just out of this, out of this world. I know. I was just ready for this game. So 11 a.m. You just get, you just get down to it, man. Saturday you can sleep in a little bit. Like I said, breakfast and shoot brunch sounds like a great idea. I, I like it, and I can enjoy the rest of the day. Absolutely. Hey, if you guys want to contact us, shoot us an email. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. We'll get you on the uh, we'll get you on the podcast if you do that. And uh, you know you can express your ideas after the Hog Call Nation. Um, we're growing exponentially. Every single podcast that we put out gets more and more listeners. It's so exciting. How big? How fast we're growing? I just can't say enough about it. I'm gonna put all that information down in the uh, description section 
of the podcast. So you can go down there and, and you can find all those numbers and emails and, and make it easy on yourself to get it, get it to us. Send us a tweet, Facebook message, however you want to get in touch with us. But get in touch with us. This is about the fans. It's about you guys. Okay. Thank you guys, exactly. It's like we said in the beginning, our uh, our little tagline, it's true, for fans by fans. So please uh, uh reach out to us because it's something we can read over there and talk about and uh, we appreciate you guys. If you're listening to us then we like you. So we we uh, definitely appreciate your opinion. So um like Chad said, I'm excited about the growth and thank you everybody who follows us and listens to us. Uh, I'm excited. All right, well, I guess that does it on this episode of uh, the Hog Call Podcast. All right, look forward to doing a post-game after a big win, as I predicted. I'm excited. (laughs) Go Hogs! Woo-pig, Suey.